Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar, and welcome to a Smart Talk road trip. We're broadcasting live today from the Central Market in York on this primary election day in Pennsylvania. Over the next hour, we'll be talking about the city of York, the challenge it faces, and taking the city to the suburbs as well as hearing from voters. But the same issues we're speaking about in York can translate to almost any city in the mid-state. Today's Smart Talk Road Trip live remote broadcast is supported by Gallery B and CGA Law Firm. Joining us in the first part of the program today is York Mayor Kim Bracey. Mayor Bracey, welcome to the program. Good morning, and well, thank you so much, and welcome to York. You know, I've been to York very many times, but it does feel special today during a, a road trip where we have an audience and have an opportunity to hear from not only you, but from voters and some community leaders out here as well. And I should mention that even though we're not taking phone calls during the hour, we do have a microphone set up for our audience and they can ask questions or make comments to the mayor or our other guests during the program. Mayor, it is an important day. It is. You know, one of the things that uh, I put in the, the promo I have to promote today's broadcast is that York, as most people know, was uh, the first capital of the United States, founded in 1741. But it. probably what a lot of people don't know is that the words United States of America were used for the very first time in the city of York. Now, so that kind of makes this election day special being in York. Let's talk about the presidential candidates and whether they are addressing the needs of cities like York. How about wow. we start with that? Okay. How about we start with whether you have heard any of the candidates addressing the needs of urban areas? You know, I think we have a little bit, Scott. I mean, when we have the national crisis that, that I call a national crisis in Flint, Michigan, and some of the unrest still in some of our communities, we hear that conversation. Um, things that are important to us are, are going to be done by our local officials, our state officials, and it, it, it making today more important for people to get out and vote. Our presidential elections are they're very important. Please, 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 folks, get out and vote. Um, but to really make the difference in our communities, it, it's our, our local elections and folks paying attention to who's representing them right here in the city of York throughout the Commonwealth. Um, but we, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye out on our, our federal elections as well, and, and those folks too, and, and going to hold them account accountable. Um, many of the groups and the associations I'm affiliated with, we do just that. Um, but um, you know, the conversation hasn't really, in my opinion, focused on the needs of um, our, our small communities, particularly our urban areas. If you had the opportunity to sit down with the presidential candidates, what would you talk about? Oh my goodness. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would definitely uh, talk about uh, housing, um, jobs, and opportunities for everyone throughout um, this, this region. Um, the last time I think at Lancaster, and we definitely talk about the similarities and the challenges that we have in those two cities. Um, so jobs are first and how to bring that back and how to bring back um, you know, people feeling good about their communities, living in their communities, our cities, and education. Our education system is another national crisis, in my opinion, and we need to address that from a federal level. You mentioned Flint, Michigan. And yes. One of the 
I don't know if you'd call it a positive, but one of the results of the attention on Flint was infrastructure, yeah. uh, not just in cities, but across the country. But let's talk about York's infrastructure. Uh, are there challenges that you face in your infrastructure? I, I hit a pothole on my way down the just street one. this morning. <laughs> just well, one. if you hit just one, then you're in good shape. No, uh, but seriously, <laughs> I think we have a, a great water system, for one thing, in, in York. Um, and throughout this area, but those things are real. I mean, an old city like the city of York and the piping underneath for our infrastructure, our sewer pipes and so forth, I mean, it costs money to help keep, in, uh, keep them going and they probably have some issues in them that, you know, thankfully we have a great cleaning water, water cleaning system that uh, helps address that. But those are those issues that are important to all of us, our roads, our bridges. Uh, the, the streets in themselves that we need to address throughout the country. You know, it's unfortunate, but many times, the only time that you or the administration hears something about infrastructure is when there's a complaint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the wintertime when snow isn't uh, plowed, I'm sure you hear, you're smiling now because I'm sure no one is satisfied with that. I, I mean, I know you know that, but uh, no one is ever happy with uh, how snow removal occurs. But unless there's a water main break or that big pothole that has given someone a flat tire, you most often don't hear about infrastructure. It's one of those right. things that, I don't know, leaders have to think ahead because you're right. Cities like your, the, yours, the infrastructure is so old and there's not a lot of money, but you That's do right. have to think ahead. That's right. Um, it's one of those mandates of government, of local governments, in fact. Um, yeah, and I don't want to talk about snow, Scott. <laughs> we did pretty good, though, here in York. I this think. year we did. We did. Um, but, yeah, those are real issues that affect our local government, our local communities that um, need to stay on the, the table to talk about and, and address, not just talk about. Um, roads require an ongoing maintenance plan. Uh, we have one, um, but oftentimes we don't have enough money. All right, so let's talk about some of the other challenges facing sure. uh, York and cities like York. Uh, if I, I don't know, I'm going to put, not put a number on it because if I say, Mayor, name five challenges that you face, mm -hmm. you may say to me, well, I can't just name five. Right. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face? Yeah, you know, you, we keep talking about funding, but that's across the board. Our, our nonprofits are experiencing the same sort of constraints and many of the social services to provide needs for our city residents. But funding is a big one. Our taxing structure. I am a part of the Pennsylvania Municipal League, as you know, and we are often knocking on our state legislators' doors asking for the needed reform to address our municipal pension issues. What, what is your pension debt right now? Um, well, how about this? 67% of our general fund budget goes oh. towards, uh, exactly, wow. um, the cost of public safety in general. Um, that includes our, our pensions and every, all the costs with that. Um, we're, we're getting, we're riding the ship though, I will say that, and I've, I've um, made a plan to make sure over the next five years we see a reduction in our taxes by 15%. And we're on the track to do that. We lowered our taxes this budget year, and we're on track to do it next year as well, too. Um, but not without pain. Uh, we're not hiring folks. We, we're probably letting some things go. 
but reducing our real estate taxes is important to continue the investment that we're seeing, all the great things that are happening in the city of York right now, and to stabilize it a little bit for folks. So that's our plan, and that's what we're staying focused on, but we need to help from Harrisburg as well. Cities like York, Lancaster, Harrisburg, uh, mayors, city councils have been saying that for years and years and years. Yeah. Uh, when you do talk to uh, legislators, I imagine that uh, you know they'll listen, and they're probably sympathetic to your your plight. But what do they say? I mean, is there any reason for optimism? And what you're looking specifically is what? Yeah. Reform, but the state has a pension reform issue right, right in front of them. They More need to address it. Billion dollars, yeah. Right. So we understand um, perhaps their priorities, and we've asked for them to do it in concert because one affects the other. It's the same constituents here that they're pulling from, um, but that would probably be the, the first thing that we talk to them about. And we get a gloss overlooked in many cases. And folks hear us, but they don't hear us. What's most aggravating is when our state legislators have been part of the city systems and understand it and know the pain and then they get to Harrisburg they cross the border for some reason and <laughs> things that, change where does a border exist because <laughs> exactly. maybe uh I don't know, we, we've, we've heard Harrisburg. a lot about walls lately being built. Oh, <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> what, what about uh, revenue generally? I mean, that's you're, you, not just you, but cities like York. Yeah. Uh, you are limited in how you can generate revenue. That's right. Um, and and, we're, and many times uh, the reforms that we're asking for from the state, we're not even asking for the revenue piece. If we're just given the tools to do some of the work here in our local communities, we can generate enough revenue. So we're not asking for new taxing dollars or anything like that. We just need, um, in, in the case of, I'll just stick with municipal pension reform, um, the, the doors to be open a little bit more. There's a Sunshine Roar Act that governs how arbitrations are handled. Um, if the public really saw how collective bargaining is done, I think we would have a different dialogue. Um, we're asking, but it's mandated by the state how that's handled. So we are asking, change that law. Please give us that tool, if nothing else. So um, small things, in our opinion, but for some reason it's big hurdles. And let's talk about some other issues that uh, York faces in particular. I mean, I think all urban areas or many urban areas across the state and the country, uh, schools, the performance of schools, but York in particular, over the last few years, uh, you've been in a unique situation. I mean, there was a point where uh, that all the schools in New York were going to be charter schools, and now we're away from that. But the bottom line is that uh, we need some improvement. We need schools to perform better. What about that? I, I saw just yeah. yesterday that uh, the Auditor General is auditing the, the city school district. I saw you standing right next to Jean D. Pisquale. We're friends. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you are Cadian. But what about schools? What has yeah. to happen to improve schools? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of reform happening now. Recovery is in motion and place and, and things are changing with our district. We're very proud of that. Um, I believe we still need a lot more community engagement. We need parents involved. The same message I say about most everything. Our constituents need to be active in the lives of their children in this case. Um, and participate in their education process to 
um, hold folks accountable, hold themselves accountable, the students responsible, accountable as well. Um, but it, it, it takes everyone. It's, it's a whole system in place. We're writing the ship financially. I think um, Eugene, excuse me, our other general will find that out. Um, things are looking great financially for the district. Better, I shouldn't say great. Better. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I was going to get a little great. <laughs> better, better. And when okay. we get budgets passed in Harrisburg, that gives yeah, us that the needed tools helpful, yeah. as well, too. It, yeah. it will be great. <laughs> um, but, you know, and that happened under the last chief recovery officer. Uh, Dave Meckley actually helped uh, write the financial ship. So that we're addressing the academic issues, and those are coming along very well as, as also. Um, but, uh, you know, I applaud the work of Eugene, the work he's done throughout the Commonwealth, and bringing things to our attention. And I believe whatever's noted from the last five years, if we're not already addressing it, um, we'll be open to doing that. And that's the one good thing about an audit, an optimistic way of looking at them. How about that, Scott? Yeah, a lot of people don't get uh, real happy about an audit, but it sounds as if you're looking forward to that. I think so. I mean, I think it will put the, the, the final check mark in the box that, you know, York is on the right track with the recovery plan. And by the way, we have a studio audience here. Okay, studio, not a studio audience. We have an audience here, a central mark, yeah. market uh, York audience. If anyone in the audience would have a question or a comment for Mayor Bracey, just uh, step right up to the microphone here and, uh, and, and ask your question. This is kind of like a, a town hall meeting on radio that 18 counties in central Pennsylvania get to hear today. So uh, an opportunity for you to do that as well. Uh, Mayor, you know, I'm going to be talking with Scott Fisher from the York Daily Record a few minutes about the project uh, that and working with the suburbs uh, I saw something that uh, came out of uh, their forum they had in Manchester last week and they called it the elephant in the room yeah. the elephant in the room was crime um, it's not just York I mean it's any urban area that there are many people who live in the suburbs who view the cities as not being safe and it's one of the reasons that it keeps people from visiting the city, moving to the city. What about crime in the city? Yeah, um, wow. I don't hang out with a lot of criminals, but I don't well, know. Well, that's good to hear. Because a lot of our elected officials do. Scott. <laughs> All right, that's a joke. I do stand up, too. I don't um, know any criminal that knows those municipal boundaries as well as the elected officials. How about okay, that? Okay, I won't put it that way. Okay. Um, you know, crime happens all over. And yeah, it's, there's, a, there's some perception and reality about the crime in our urban cores um, where poverty and education and home ownership rates are, are low. I, we get that. But crime happens everywhere, for one thing. And, um, you know, we're doing all that we can to address it. Our part one crimes are down, the lowest they have been. What's part one? Um, the violent ones, if you will. Um, sorry about that. Uh, everybody should know that. <laughs> the violent crimes are down. Um, but, you know, there is that reality of, of the urban, it's the urban community. Unfortunately, crime happens. That's not an excuse. Um, police officers are expensive. Uh, that's not an excuse back to society, back to our homes, back to the dinner table, having conversations with family, all of those things attribute to uh, crime. I applaud the work of the Daily Record and Scott um, having this conversation though, because there's a lot happening good in the city of York, a lot of people moving back into the city, so they don't want to be the last people moving back in, because there's a lot of great things happening. But um, the reality is, you know, there, there's 
it's an urban community and there's going to be urban issues and we see them throughout this county if you will so um, I take exception obviously with saying crime's the number one issue when I was a community development director for John Brenner one of the uh, biggest ones for me was education. We couldn't sell a house to people because of the education system. So, you know, shifting a little bit to crime, education. Well, I it's, think a, it's, it's a combination. I mean, when And people... that's real. I mean, we yeah. all want the best education possible or best education system, best communities that we can have and can afford. So um, I, I, we get that. And working together, I think we're addressing both. When you say that people are moving back into the city, yeah. what are the numbers you have and why are they moving back into the city? Uh, well, I think we are seeing a, a community that is indeed being revitalized. We have a private development, economic development happening without government, if you will, in some cases. And we're real happy about that, too, because we don't have anything to offer other than helping to facilitate the process. Um, but a lot of empty nesters, I mean, and this is a national trend, right. um, so it's not just unique to York, but York right now through our, our, so our restaurants, this wonderful market, um, all the amenities that people want in a walkable community, you're finding right here, our theaters. Um, so it, it's, um, it's a place to come to. Um, oh, you got a terrific mayor. Wow. <laughs> I, I did that because I know Mayor Gray's listening. He and I have this little thing about who's better. So, yeah. Well, um, but you, know, we, you have an open government system and people willing to work with you. I think um, all of those things tend to encourage people to look twice. You know, if you were trying to entice people to move back into the city, all you would have to do is bring them to Central Market How and have that? them, the aromas around here would be enough. Yeah, about that. I know, you picked the right day to be here. Exactly too. right. Exactly right. <laughs> Mayor Kim Bracey, thank you very much for being with us You're today. Welcome, Good Scott. luck. Thank you. Uh -huh. We'll see you. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Welcome back to Smart Talk Road Trip. I'm Scott Lamar. We're broadcasting live today from York's Central Market and. Uh, starting to get a little more crowded as uh, many people who are working in downtown York who, who make the effort to uh, come down to uh, Central Market every week, the days of the week that uh, the market is open, are, are starting to file in. And as I said just a few minutes ago to Mayor Bracey, when you walk in here, you're, you're just overcome by the great aromas and uh, it, it, just a very, very pleasant smell, put it that way. Uh, for much of the last 40 years, cities in Pennsylvania and across the country, especially those that were once described as being in the Rust Belt, have lost population, the loss of good-paying manufacturing jobs, underperforming schools, and at least the perception of high crime drove many people to the suburbs. But that has changed in many places where younger people especially are moving into urban areas to take advantage of walkability and entertainment. York is a city that has benefited. But could it benefit more? The York Daily Record has led conversations on bringing York City to the suburbs. And the person who has kind of led this um, campaign, if you will, is Scott Fisher. He is the York Daily Record editorial page editor. Scott, welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're broadcasting live from York Central Market as part of a Smart Talk Road Trip. Today's Smart Talk Road Trip live remote broadcast is supported by Gallery B and CGA Law Firm. All right, where did this idea develop? Well, first of all, let me, let me uh, make sure that you understand that the, the taking York to the city, taking the city to the suburbs uh, event, we held an event last week in Manchester, right. the borough in York County, 
Um, it's actually part of a larger effort that we have going on with the York Daily Record. It's part of our Fixing York Facebook group. So it's, we created a group for folks to talk about you know, what's good about the city, what's bad, what's, what needs to be fixed. It allows them to connect and uh, work together on uh, things like litter cleanups and, and those kinds of things. So uh, we, we've held a number of uh, events uh, to basically bring people together. We held an event last fall at Martin Library and um, had a great crowd. Lots of people came out to talk about how we could fix the city. So one of the things that we thought after a couple of these events in the city was that suburban voices were kind of missing from that conversation. So we decided we would take it out to the suburbs and see what folks out there had to say about the city. Are they aware that a lot of good things happening here, a lot of development, a lot of investment, new businesses, things like that? We wanted to take that message out there and see what folks out in the suburbs had to say about that. Why is that important? Well, we, we think it's important because uh, the, the, the suburbs are playing an important role, I think, in uh, making, making the city work. Uh, now, it was interesting during the event, we had a number of, number of panelists on with us. They were people who are actually investing in the city, have businesses and so forth. And it was, it was actually cool because they, they kind of questioned the premise of the event. They said, well, you know, we, we talked about how do we get suburb, suburbanites, who many of whom are kind of don't want to go in the city, they're afraid to go in the city, there's the crime issue and so forth. Um, how, do, how do we get past that? And they said, well, you know what? We just don't worry about it. We're, just, we're going to create the community that we want in the, in, in the city, and we're going to do what we can to make a place that's livable and fun and a place where we want to be. So, that was, a, that was kind of a neat revelation from that event where it's a grassroots effort rather than a top-down approach. Mm -hmm. So what did you hear? What did you hear from the panelists? What did you hear from the people in the audience? It, it was interesting. It was a good mix of folks. It was probably half and half sub suburban city, city residents. Um, we, we heard, well, we heard about crime. We heard about issues of livability. We heard about schools and things like that. But we also heard a lot of energy. We heard people who were uh, saying that we, we we believe in this community. We think that it needs to be, um, it needs to be healthy. We can't have a healthy county with, if, if we have an unhealthy city at the center of it. And so what can we do to uh, improve it? Uh, a lot of people had, uh, you know, a lot of it is just basically living your life and being willing to come here and live and love and play in New York City. So that, that was the, the great message that I heard from that event. Mm -hmm. When, you know, I said in my introduction that, uh, and this is something that is not unique to, uh, to York, but it is happening because of some of the amenities that are offered. But younger people that are moving either back into the city or starting their lives, starting uh, their marriages uh, in, in the city, why? Why are, why are younger people being attracted to uh, cities like York? That's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure I can entirely understand that. But well, then it's why are you on the show today, Scott? Actually, I'm an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to have you tell your story in just a few okay. minutes. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a demographic trend, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm not really well versed in the demo, de demographics of this, but I think that there are younger people out there who are looking for places where they can be together and they can connect with one another in a, in a walkable urban environment. And the places that they're finding where they can do that, where they can find real estate that's affordable, are cities. And, and it's just a trend. One of the panelists that are uh, taking York City to the suburbs event last week, Eric Menzer, who is the uh, president of the York Revolution baseball team. Yes. In York, uh, 
he, he talked about, this is a great time to be a city, you know? Cities are actually on the upswing. Young people want to live in cities, they want to be here, they, they want to be able to walk to bars and restaurants and, and uh, you know, central markets and things like that. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that walkability is something that uh, you hear over and over about cities, is that, uh, I mean, I know there are people in York and other cities that don't own a, an automobile, that, you know, they use public transportation or, you know, when they want entertainment, they want a restaurant, maybe they even work in the city, they want to be able to walk there. Mm -hmm. One of our panelists at the event last week was uh, Patty Stirk, who owns, started a, with her husband, started a, a small art theater in New York where they show, you know, art films and things like that. Not the kind of thing you're going to see at Regal or the big popcorn mm -hmm. uh, palaces. Uh, and she talked about how she had leased a car and uh, turned it back in with, without having even used all the mileage on her lease because she lived in the city and didn't need it and was able to basically walk to everything she needed. So that, I, I found that to be a really neat Yeah, that, that doesn't happen very <laughs> often. <laughs> no, no. Well, let's talk about your story because I, I mentioned the column that uh, you wrote that got my attention. You, you told your own story about uh, when you got married and when you first came to York, uh, that you were living in the city, but decided to move move to the suburbs. Tell us what happened. Okay, so I, you know I was in my early 30s, and uh, my wife and I had a young son, about one year old, and we, we moved from out of town. I took a job here in York at the newspaper, and um, we were looking for a place to live, and talked to a real estate agent, and thought, well, do we want to buy? Do we want to rent? So we were open to almost anything, and the the, the real estate agent wonderful person but it was really tried to steer us to the suburbs like this is really where you folks want to live I'm sorry sorry it's not and, um, and uh, so but we, we said well let's look at some of the places downtown because I'd like to be able to walk around and be close to my office and that kind of thing so we found this great place in uh, Newton Square which is a sort of a renovated neighborhood that was at one point was badly damaged by Hurricane Agnes and, and was basically brought back to life and the, the houses are just wonderful there so we, we decided to rent that and, uh, we, we had an option to buy it at the end of the year. And uh, I loved living there. I could walk to stores, go, go to things. So, um, but, but what happened was uh, one evening I was going out to, for milk and bread at a corner store and uh, came back and t turned the corner and I was, I was attacked by, by three teenagers and just sort of blindsided and uh, managed to get away, didn't lose anything, didn't, you know, my, I kept my wallet, but I, I, one of my tooth was, teeth were broken. Um, and at that point, my wife said, I think that's enough for me. I'm ready to move out of the city. So we went out and rented a place out in the suburbs, or actually it was out in the country. And then a couple years later, we bought a house in a sort of a typical suburban development in York County. And so that's where we, we've been living. So, but, and it's been great. Honestly, the schools are good there. Uh, my, You're in the my, Central York School District? I'm in the Central York yeah. School District. So uh, my, my kids got a great education. One of my sons went to college, went to Penn State, he's off and has a, has a job now, a great job. Uh, my younger son is about to head off to college this fall, and I'm tired of living in the suburbs. <laughs> I'm tired of cutting grass and mulching, and I'm tired of, you know, all this, all the suburban, and, and I'm tired of having to drive everywhere that I go. Um, I'd like to be able to walk to restaurants and bars and places like Central Market. Um, and so, uh, when, when we were talking about this taking York to the city thing, it got in my head. Well, why? You know, maybe I, it's time to tell that story. That I'm, I'm interested in moving back. I'm, I'm kind of an empty nester. I'm not the young, the, the millennial person, but I'm somebody who would 
seriously consider coming back. And so maybe we're, we're thinking about this fall, looking for a place as, as soon as my son's off at college. So that's, that's where we are in our lives. So. Okay, now, one of the main reasons that you did leave, sir, I'll get to you in just one moment. Um, one of the main reasons that you did leave was violence, a violent crime. What's changed your mind? Uh, I, I still, I, you have to be careful, but I, I was never somebody who gave up on the city. And, you know, I, there, you, in your county, you hear so many people say, I never go in the city. And, and it may actually be sort of apocryphal. I'm not really sure that there's really that many people who will literally never go in the city. But, you know, there's, there's that thought, do I want to go downtown? So, but I've never been that way. I, I've always come down for food and, you know, for shows at the Strand Capitol and, and so forth. So, um, I feel safe downtown. I'm not going to move into, honestly, if I move downtown I'm, into the city, I'm not going to move into a challenged neighborhood where there's a lot of drug activity. That's not going to happen. It would be probably closer to the, to the downtown area where I can walk to the baseball stadium and walk to Central Market and that kind of thing. So it's, it's an issue. Crime is definitely an issue. Um, at the event at the suburban York, uh, uh, taking York to the suburbs event, I was thinking about trying to find a big elephant, like a big inflatable elephant, and blowing it up and sticking it in the center of the room and, and, and just ask people if they knew what it was, what it represented. <laughs> but I didn't have to because somebody actually brought it out, literally said uh, the, the elephant in the room. But, and it's, it's an issue, but I, I just don't think that we can uh, live in fear. So yeah. We uh, do have an audience with us today at York Central Market, and we are encouraging members of the audience to step up and make a comment, ask a question. We have a gentleman right now. Sir, could, would you state your name and where you're from? Bill Huffmeyer. I'm from York. You're from York. Okay. I've lived in the rural areas. I've lived in the suburbs. I was raised in the suburbs. I lived in other homes in the suburbs. I live in the city since 2006, just about 200 feet from where we're standing. I wouldn't live anywhere else. You can have crime anywhere, including the car snatchings in shopping centers, parking lots in the suburban area. You have to have some guts. This town is a wonderful place to live. You're within walking distance downtown of wherever you want to go. And in first Friday, people from all over the burbs are coming into the city. They could care less about the threats of crime because they know that half the news in this gentleman's newspaper are about crimes in the suburbs. Thank you. Well, Bill, before you go any further, can I ask you a question? Sure. You said that you have lived in rural areas, suburban areas. What made you fall in love? Now, you just described some of these things, but what made you fall in love with York in particular? I graduated from York High, number one. Okay. Number so you're two, a Bearcat. I'm, I'm a York native. Okay. Number two, I have had my law practice in the city of York since 1962. I've known the city since that time. Right now, we happen to have the absolutely the best mayor we've ever had period, nonstop, and I've known uh, Kim Bracey for many years. She's doing things in this city that nobody else has had the fortitude to do or has the knowledge to do since she was a native Yorker herself. So what's changed since 1962 other than the political part of it? There's been a whole re revolution. I remember the Strain Theater when the Strain Theater was a place you didn't want to necessarily go. We had a wonderful, a large number of wonderful people in New York with a lot of bucks who put their money where their mouth was and they put the money in to renovate the Strand, to renovate the other downtown areas. We now have this uh, great organization that's doing the, what do they call it, Royal Square or whatever? Royal Square. Uh, putting money in. They have the guts to do it. You have live putting the money into the uh, city. That's what you needed and that's what's happening here. We have people who are willing to stand up and be counted and move back into the city, put their money into the city 
and actually say, hey, we're here, this is a great place, and you can have crime anywhere. With all due respect, city has crime, burbs all have crime. Where's your major heroin addiction? From what I'm reading in your newspaper, it's in the suburbs. It's not in the city necessarily. Right. So just to, uh, the, the heroin problem, I live in the Central School District. There was a, a story about a young man recently who succumbed to heroin addiction and, and died of an overdose. Uh, my bike was stolen right out of my garage last year. So there's, there's crime. It, it happens everywhere. It's not just in York. I would hate to think, though, that crime is the major issue keeping people from coming into the city. I know I've heard people, not just talking about York, but any city. Harrisburg, Lancaster, Lebanon. I've heard people say, oh, I never go into the city. And I think to myself, you don't know what you're missing. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're missing. Yeah, there are a lot of great things in the suburbs, a lot of great things in the rural areas, but you're right. There are challenges, whether it's crime or something else. You know, you're talking about having to drive a car everywhere else. It's not for everyone, but people need to give it a chance. That's exactly right, they do. Mm -hmm. Bill, thank you very much for, for stepping up. Thank you. You know, one of the other things that I, I when, when I made my decisions, the schools, as Kim, Kim Bracey was talking about, uh, it's an issue, uh, but, uh, and, and it makes it harder, I think, for young parents to make the decision to move into the city. Um, but for me, it's easier. I'm an empty nester. I'm, we're about to, our, my son's going to be going off and, and so forth. Um, but the school, the education is, is definitely an issue. That said, I think that you can get a great education in the, in the York City School District. I teach a writing course at York College, and I have students who came from the York City School District, and some of them are the most inventive, imaginative students that I've had. And, and it's just really great to see that, that they are coming out of the city school district. They're succeeding, and, and they're getting the skills that they need. I want to talk about uh, fixing York, and just to let uh, everyone know that uh, WITF has partnered with the York Daily Record for the last couple of years on a number of projects. But uh, the Fixing York project, as you said, uh, you know, taking the city to the suburbs is part of that. What are some of the other Fixing York projects that you have, and some of the things you found and learned? You know, you have to, I'd have to say that it's really an organic thing. Most of it is discussion on, on Facebook through the group and so forth. And so there are litter cleanups, things that are happening out there that we're not organizing. People are organizing. So it's, it's grassroots stuff. Um, that said, we do have some other things that we're planning. We're going to be doing a teen town hall meeting this fall in conjunction with um, Martin Library, who have been fantastic in working with us, providing a space to hold uh, events and so forth. So... Uh, that's been uh, that's been been great. So, and we're we're planning other things. We're we're uh, in discussions right now for what our next events are going to be. So it's it's going to be an ongoing thing. Fixing York. I'm sure that uh, you had discussions. I have to tell you that uh, whenever we have to come up with a title for something, this is like one of the biggest challenges we have. We all sit around the table saying, "Nah, I don't like that." Apparently, I'm known for uh, putting colons in my titles, and everybody makes fun of me of that. You know. Smart talk, colon, go to York, or something like that. But anyway, you don't have a colon in fixing York, but the connotation is that it needs fixed. Did you have that conversation that, uh, that maybe it's a negative connotation? First of all, I love that phrase, needs fixed. That, that's, a, that's a really York uh, or Central Pennsylvania statement. Um, and I'm not from Central Pennsylvania. I must have picked <laughs> you, you that picked up over up, there. God, my wife. It's been controversial, honestly. So uh, we've heard from a lot of people who say, I, I really hate, that, hate the name of that group. Um, some of the panelists at our event, at the Taking New York City to the Suburbs event, said don't really like the name of the event. Um, that said, every place, 
every place is broken at least a little bit and, and needs fixing to a certain extent. Um, and so we'll stand by that, that, that title because it is provocative, it gets people talking, and I think it is, it is an example of people fixing York. They're fixing their community. They're finding things that they can, they can themselves get involved with and do. Uh, so that's, that's what's the, uh, been really good about that. But like you said, not, not uh, well loved by everybody. I'm glad you pointed out that Central Pennsylvania thing now because now <laughs> I, I'll never use that again. Um, I talked uh, with Mayor Bracey about infrastructure. Is that something that comes up? Because I, I asked that question because, again, it's one of those things that until something goes wrong, you don't hear about it. And I just wonder whether people who are concerned about the future of the community look at it and say, we must do something with our infrastructure. If I were mayor of York, I would fix all the roads. That, that would be my first Sounds order like he's running the <laughs> Not going to take on I, I am Kim not Bracey. running for mayor of York. Uh, but I, I, think, I think we, we do have infrastructure issues. I, you know, roads are an issue. Uh, you know, there, there are just a lot of things that need to be fixed. And as, as Mayor Bracey noted, it takes money. It takes investment. Uh, I, think, uh, I think that outside suburban investors, get, getting back to that, I think that's the kind of thing that we really need to see to, to help to really take it to the next level because I think there's grassroots movement here but we, we, we need some help from the suburbs to get to get some of these things fixed um, and there are a lot of examples as as, um, as your, your questioner noted um, th there are people investing in, in the city that I think the stadium is a good example of that the, the York Revolution baseball stadium great example of uh, the local business community stepping up and these were mostly suburban uh, businessmen and women who pumped a bunch of money into building that stadium rather than la allowing most of it to be on the backs of taxpayers. So that was a really good example, I think, of uh, how, how the suburb suburbs can help the city and help with infrastructure and, and, and kind of keep that ball rolling. You know, something I admire about what York has done with uh, the stadium is that it's not just used for baseball. Uh, York, may, more than maybe any other area, is using that stadium for other purposes than just baseball. I know a few years ago you did first night York, uh, the uh, New Year's Eve celebration at the stadium, and mm. there are concerts there, all kinds of things. And admire that, that uh, the stadium doesn't, doesn't just sit there for six months out of the year not being used. My, my boss, editor Jim McClure, will be thrilled to hear you say that because that's been one of his big issues, and, and he's had me writing. I, I write editorials for the Daily Record, and... Um, this has been a theme, that, that we have this stadium, we need to make use of it, not just for baseball, because that's only nine months of the year or so. Um, it's not enough. Uh, we put a lot of money and time and effort into this, this great facility. We need to use it. We need to put it to good use. And I, I, I think you'd have to say that that's been a success. It's been really used. Scott Fisher is the York Daily Record editorial page editor. Uh, Scott, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you very much. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Hi, what's your name? My name is All right, hold on just one second. We have to get your microphone up here. Okay, you want to try it now? My name is Hillary Arthur. Okay, where are you from, Ms. Arthur? Um, I'm from York. You're from York? Yes. And I, you, you voted already today? I did. I, I live here. I have a small business here, and my children go to school in York City. So I just wanted So to, all the things that we've talked about today are very important about. to you. Yes. So as you're casting your ballot today for a presidential candidate, and again, I'm not going to ask who you voted for unless you want to volunteer that, <laughs> but uh, what were the issues that were most important to you? 
The issues that are most important to me are um, education and national security and um, our economy, for sure. Do you think that uh, the presidential candidates are addressing those things? Yes, I do. Why do you yeah. say that? Um, I, th I think that um, at least the, on the side that I, I voted on, um, that they are... You don't have to hide it unless <laughs> if you don't want to. Right? Uh, I think that the candidates um, on the Democratic side are uh, addressing those uh, issues in a way that is um, intelligent, smart, and uh, real, and they're not inciting uh, fear, violence, and... Um, uh, they're not bringing out the worst in their electorate. So that's my view. Let's talk about bringing out the worst. Uh, this has been unlike any other presidential campaign I think we've ever seen. I mean, uh, before there was television and people counted on newspapers and there wasn't mass communication, there were some pretty nasty campaigns. Uh, but in our lifetimes, this is probably the nastiest we've ever seen. As a voter, does that turn you off? Yes. Why? Well, because they're not really talking about the issues. They're, they're playing on people's emotions, they're playing on people's fear, and they're, they're not dealing in fact. And that's what, where I take issue. And Is there one issue in particular that helped you decide? Um, I think that, I don't know that I could point to one. I think for me, it's a collection of, um, you know, is the, is, is the candidate ready to be um, president? Is this person, ha does this person have experience and intelligence and um, is, are they ready to be president to the entire country and not just one particular small group? What did you say your first name was? Hillary. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Do we have another voter? I'm Lauren Crow. I'm the interim president of the York County uh, Economic, um, Economic Alliance. I was listening to some of the comments earlier, uh, particularly about the stadium. Yesterday, Kevin Schreiber, our uh, city representative, hosted a visit from the um, Secretary of Labor and Industry. One of the spots was a visit to the stadium, at which time Eric Menzer told the secretary that there has been about $100 million in private investment in the area around the stadium in nine years, now going on to 10. That so it's, it's not open. just the stadium. So it's just not the stadium. It's really the beginning of a, uh, an initiative that will spread out into the community and, uh, and keep on rolling. You know, one of the other things that you've been talking a great deal about is infrastructure. And we tend to think of that in the very traditional ways, but the Economic Alliance has just announced an initiative in support of the development of uh, high-speed internet broadband in town. Um, as many people are aware, uh, UFD, United Fiber and Data, has run a line from New York. It's headed toward um, Ashburn, Virginia, uh, part of uh, this uh, D.C. area. It presents an incredible opportunity, and you look at the experience that places like Kansas City have had, not only in, in bringing their current businesses up, pardon the pun, speed, but also the, the new businesses that it spawns. So that we see an incredible opportunity. And the concentration in an urban area really changes the tax base considerably and provides opportunities uh, not only for new businesses, retention of business, 
but also the improvement of tax base, and with that, the rising tide of um, education and funding. It's a win for everyone, so it's, it's truly exciting. And the third point I wanted to make, there are a couple of alumni of the York City Back to the uh, City initiative that happened in the uh, mid-70s after Agnes. That's, uh, Scott was talking about Newtown Square. That's part of that. The, um, so this is not new, people coming into the city, bringing lots of energy, bringing um, their hopes and, and, and dreams, but also experiencing, I mean, talking about cross-country skiing in the city, going down the, the bike trail, the rail trail. Uh, it's something that young people are looking for. It's predictable. I think that cycle will happen and they'll move out and then just like Scott was talking about, they'll be back. What has to improve, though? I mean, that you're right. That has been a cycle that there are many young people, young couples that started in the city. But then when it came time to send, have a family, send kids to school, they would move out. Maybe they'd move back in, but maybe not. Or maybe they go to Florida. Right, uh, yeah. right. The, the, the key, and I think the thing that may be different this time is if indeed there is a change to the, the taxable uh, base and that the education system in, does indeed continue to improve. There are options now that people didn't have before. Uh, that's my hope, that we'll be able to make that adjustment. Well, that is one of the challenges that uh, cities have faced is that tax base you're talking about, is that cities a lot of times, just for pure space, run out of places to build or to develop so if you, do have, uh, if you do have a way to expand that tax base, that's good news all the way around. Well, one of the other things that happens in the cycle that we referenced is the people move out, and oftentimes you're exporting social problems as well. It's been referenced by several people, the people coming into the city to buy drugs and, and consume them at home. But as, as the properties become more attractive in the city, people, poor people still need a place to live. And as they move into the suburban rings, the problems that poverty brings with them, eh, go with them. It, one of the, the mantras has been to the, the suburban ring is learn from the city's experience, anticipate. If you don't, you'll just have to live it all over again. Mm. So. Mr. Crow, thank you very much. Pleasure. I'm joined now by Cindy Steele, who is the market master and uh, has been market master for three years here at York uh, Central Market. Uh, Ms. Steele, thank you for being with yeah, us. Thanks for being here. Well, yeah, thanks for hosting us. Give another thanks. What's up? Give another thanks there. We're thanking each other for so many things here. <laughs> no, but uh, market master, what does the market master do? Well, I basically take care of the market. I bring in new vendors. I uh, make sure the day-to-day -day operations are smooth. Yeah. Talk about the central market. What's unique about this space? I mean, someone being here for the first time, I've been here many times, but for someone being here for the first time, they look around, they can see so many things that are attractive. But when you talk to people who haven't been here, what do you say to them? So central market isn't just a market, uh, kind of like the stadium. We do a lot of different things here at the market, everything from concerts. We have two class reunions that are going to be happening. Oh, so really? we rent our market out to um, the community. Um, you can find just about anything that you're looking for in fresh, local produce, um, meat, anything, flowers, herbs, anything that you're looking for that's fresh and local, you can find here at Central Market. You know, the world has changed. 
and we've been talking a lot about how the city of York has changed, but this is not just the city. I think this is you know, something that's happening all over, is this trend to buy local, that there are many people who are thinking about their health when they're buying, but they're also thinking about uh, supporting their local businesses. And there probably is no better place to do that than at a market like this, where almost everything is local, right? Right, right. We uh, encourage you, if you haven't been to Central Market in a while, you need to come check it out. It's an awesome, awesome place, lots of energy. Um, this past Saturday, we had Go Green in the city. We had thousands of people visit our market house, and it's really great to see. We've really seen a huge influx of people um, just over the past year of uh, people looking for local things. How old is uh, Central Market in York? We are 127 years old. Okay. Is this the original building? It is not. The, the market started actually in the square. Okay. And then it moved um, down. And we're just here. a couple blocks from, from the square. But reason I ask is because the architecture. It's beautiful. I mean, even if someone wasn't here to shop, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, but just to look at the building itself with this high ceiling, and uh, it just looks like an old-time market. Right. The ceiling actually was built by shipbuilders. So you, you can, can tell that. Yeah. It does look like the side of a ship. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we only have a minute or so left, and again, I want to thank you very much for hosting us today. Uh, make your best pitch for those listening to come to Central Market. Please come visit us. You won't be sorry. It's short, but it's sweet. <laughs> Cindy Steele, thank you very much yeah. for being with us today. And, yes, thank you. I want to thank everyone who uh, decided to visit this morning, to vi visit Central Market, and also uh, to... Uh, sit and uh, get an opportunity to see Smart Talk firsthand. A great conversation today about the, the city of York, York County. Uh, always look forward to coming back to, to York County. And uh, now that uh, I, I see that uh, most of the vendors are open this morning, now's a good time to go out and shop, Joe Welwork, don't you think? So we'll have to take some things back to the station. But I uh, want to thank our uh, sponsors for uh, today's Smart Talk Road Trip, uh, supported by Gallery B and CGA Law Firm. It is Election Day, and uh, encourage everyone to get out there and to exercise your, uh, your, your right to vote. Uh, polls are open until 8 o'clock. WITF will have election results tonight starting at 8 o'clock. We'll see what happens with the presidential campaigns, and there are a lot of other important races. We'll hear from uh, Dr. G. Terry Madonna, Franklin and Marshall College political analyst tomorrow about those results as well. You're listening to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar.